Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. And the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte. Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal, and the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose 10-9. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. And as always, I am joined by Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Bring Me the News and Zone Coverage. Before we start today's show, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our channel if you are watching on YouTube. And if you are already, we appreciate that. And also make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and on Facebook. All right. Today is episode three of our rewatchable series that we have been doing this summer because there is nothing going on really in the land of Vikings. So we're taking this opportunity to look back at the good and the bad now because today we are going to talk about the infamous infamous uh vikings playoff loss to the seahawks in 2015 uh which most people just refer to as the blair walsh game or the blair walsh miss game or or whatever so the shank at the bank is what tom schreier calls it um, that's perfect that's what i go with that's perfect sketchy Um, makes you laugh a little bit so just like the the Minneapolis Miracle episode that we did uh, first in this series, and if you haven't seen that or heard that, go check that out. That's in our, our feed. Um, you were there, Chris, for this debacle. Um, just what are your, some of your memory, like quick memories or, or initial thoughts when you think about this game and uh, what happened when you went there? Well... For it starts with the quest to buy tickets because this is the first playoff game I had ever been to. I had never been to a Vikings playoff game. Uh, the closest I had been was December 24th, Christmas Eve, 2004 against the Packers. Um, that that was pretty much the most intense Vikings game I've ever been to because the NFC North division title was on the line. So, kind of going into it, I'm like, yeah, there's no way we can get it. And this is a special playoff game because it's the only playoff game or home playoff game in Vikings history, I should say, that was outside at TCF Bank Stadium. So I thought 
you know, people are going to go. Everybody likes this team. They just won the division at Lambeau Field the week before. There's no way I'm getting tickets. I log on on Monday and I look at StubHub and the tickets are like 30 bucks in the upper deck because it's going to be negative nine. So, so like nobody wants to sit out in that. And, and like, you know, a couple of days passed, it was still pretty cheap. I don't remember how much we actually wound up paying. Maybe it was a little bit more. But me and uh, Jerry, who I've mentioned on the show before, were just like, let's do it. Like, when else are you going to have an opportunity to a, do a Vikings game outside, a home Vikings game outside in the playoffs? So we went, we bundled up. And like, for me, like the cold, some people get in the cold and it's like the dumb and dumber scene. You're, you're used where, to it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, they put the peppers on the burger and they eat it and they're like spraying ketchup and mustard mm-hmm. in their nostrils. Mm-hmm. Like me, I would rather be cold than hot. I can't do anything about hot. Like I can't walk around naked. If it's cold, I could just throw another layer on. And I had a lot that day. Yeah. So we go to Blarney's, uh, which I, or it's either, I think it might be Blarney's or Barney's in Dinky Town. Some U of M graduate can help me out there. But uh, we went there before the game and we were just sitting there, like just kind of yucking it up. And I, I kid you not. One of the things we talked about was like, yeah, you know, everybody's freaking out over how cold it is. Bud Grant would show up in a t-shirt, right? <laughs> and we're going back and forth. Well, as you know, Bud Grant showed up in a t-shirt for the coin toss. And everybody a polo. Was crazy. A polo. Yeah, a polo, a polo shirt. That's warmer, <laughs> apparently. Um, Bud Grant, man, that was pretty awesome. And the other awesome part was going into the concourse and getting my usual two beers to watch a Vikings game, setting one down on the bleachers, drinking mm. one, picking the other up and having it be uh, completely slushy. rock solid. Yeah. So yeah, it was not even a slushy. I could drink a slushy. Yeah. Um, it was rock solid, $10 rock solid brick in case. Uh, well, I mean, I probably needed it at the end of the game, but um, did they sell anything yeah. like, uh, like any hot chocolate with like Bailey's in it or anything there? Did they do that? <laughs> they, they did not. They should have. They did not. I mean, the U, the U had been against selling alcohol mm-hmm. for a long time. It took them forever to get alcohol at TCF Bank Stadium. They used to sell beers uh, at the Metrodome when the Gophers played there. But when they opened the new stadium on campus, uh, it took about three or four years to finally get beer there. And then finally, you know, it started as cans. And I haven't been to a Gopher game in a while, so I don't know if it's like on tap anymore. But that's, that's one of my goals this year is to hit up a Gopher game. Because they should be pretty good this year. Side note, but yeah. So this took place. This game took place on Sunday, January tenth, uh, noon kickoff. So like, the temperature that it was was as warm as it could have been that day. Really. Um, uh, so it was uh, minus six officially with a wind chill of minus twenty five. Uh, so yeah, Bud Grant just walking out. It wasn't there. that bad in the sun, believe it or not. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just, sure. If I were sitting in that stadium in three hours in the shade, I would have hated my life. I would have wanted to die when players. Because it was, it was pretty. It said it was the wind was twelve miles an hour, so it was a little, little breezy too, right? Uh, I, I, I mean, I trust me, I couldn't have <laughs> the wind because um, the layers and some other uh, elements. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the Vikings were eleven and five, uh, taking on the ten and six Seahawks. And you mentioned the game was played outdoors at uh, TCF Bank Stadium, University of Minnesota's home stadium, because U.S. Bank Stadium was still in the process of being built. And if you watch the broadcast version of this game, they show a bunch of aerial shots of 
US Bank Stadium, which was pretty close to being done uh, when this this game was played. Uh, but obviously, they played outside their first outdoor game, I think, since you know the old Met Stadium was was open. Uh, overall, yeah. yeah, yeah, playoff game. Yep. Overall, there wasn't much action really in this matchup, I, and I think the weather had a lot to do with it. It was mostly a defensive battle. Uh, the Vikings went into the half with a three nothing lead, thanks to Blair Wood's twenty two yard field goal. Uh, then in the third quarter, Walsh hit a 43-yarder and a 47-yarder to put the Vikings up 9-0, which kind of felt like a blowout at this point in this game. But then things started to kind of happen in the in the fourth quarter. The Seahawks executed a 80-yard drive that ultimately resulted in Wilson throwing a three-yard touchdown pass to Doug Baldwin. I believe this was also the drive when the snap went over Russell Wilson's head and he had to scramble around. And looked like he was going to lose like 30 yards, but he threw it to Tyler Lockett and almost got to the goal line. So that was super fun. Then on the very next drive after the Seahawks scored, uh, Minnesota running back Adrian Peterson fumbled the ball uh, inside Vikings territory. And Seattle was able to turn that turnover into three more points and take a 10 to 9 lead. So the Vikings got the ball back on their own 39 yard line with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And uh, Minnesota quarterback Teddy Bridgewater was able to lead the Vikings all the way down to the the Seahawks' nine-yard line, which was helped by, I think, a long catch by Kyle Rudolph. And uh, he also got a long pass interference uh, called on him as well. Well, called against the Seahawks, but uh, on coverage of Kyle Rudolph. So those are the two big plays that set up this this potential game-winning field goal attempt on the nine-yard line, which was 27 yards away for Blair Walsh. But, as we all know, Walsh shockingly missed the kick wide left, and Seattle escaped the field goal with the victory. What, what Chris, would you call, would you call the Walsh miss the, you know, as much as it, it sucked, but, like, is that, like, the most rewatchable moment from this game, the, the, the moment that everyone remembers, pretty much? Unfortunately. I, I mean, the Russell Wilson play... Yeah. that you talked about before that, that was pretty memorable. I mean, that's one of the things that I can remember is just him running around like crazy, like, oh my God, we got him. And then he winds up throwing that long bomb. Um, you know, the Blair Walsh thing, it, it's got to be it. That, that's what the game is known for because there's yeah. no action in the rest of the game. The yeah. whole game is centered on that kick. And sitting there in the stadium, it, 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 it was quite a – experience because like i don't know if you like watch war movies you know when the bomb goes off and like all you hear is like ringing and whatever mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's like and like people are like screaming at you but you can't really hear like them your ears, are, that, your ears are plugged that's what it felt like <laughs> when blair missed mm-hmm. because i was sitting there and like i i remember i i think i told this during the minneapolis miracle rewatchables that we did sitting there i thought the Vikings had taken the lead. I mean, Teddy let him down the field. Granted, he had some help from the Seattle defense on that big pass interference penalty that put them into field goal range. Um, And, you know, Blair Walsh was money that day. He he was three for three going into that kick. So um, obviously you fear the worst with Vikings kickers. Walsh had had some struggles earlier that season, but I, I mean, everybody assumed it was going in. So I was sitting there like, mentally preparing myself just to let everything out in that final stanza or whatever. And I, and I looked up, I saw the kick. I thought it went in. 
And I look down, kind of getting ready to go. And Jerry grabs me by the shoulder and he just goes, Chris, he missed. And I'm like, what? And then, like a 27 yard field goal. I'm like, no, he didn't. Miss. And I look around. And like I said, like you just like that really yeah. like weird thing. And you looked and like nobody said a word. Yeah. Like even going into the concourse, like all you could hear was the rustling of snow pants coming yeah. together. And then you would hear one guy just scream, F you, Blair, God, you know, just screaming. And like we, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell the rest of this story because this is the best part. I mean, it is probably my second favorite game that I've been to next to the Minneapolis Miracle because of what happened after the game. So, I mean, we ran into Seahawks fans and like most of them were pretty cool about it. Like They're like, yeah, we did not deserve to win. But we go, we go back to Barney's or Blarney's or whatever it's called. <laughs> and the Packers are playing Kirk Cousins in the Washington uh, football oh, team. Wow. And so like the Packers are winning and Jerry and I are just so mad, like, because we should have won the game. We are just drowning our sorrows, bellying up to the bar. And all of a sudden the bartender comes over with two beers and we're like, throw it on our tab, whatever. And he goes, no, this, this isn't for you guys. You guys aren't paying for this. The table over there bought you these beers. So we turn around, we look and, uh, it's a table full of Seahawks fans. (laughs) And like, we're just like, what the hell is this a troll? And like, one of them comes over, he goes, hey, man, we're from Aberdeen. Uh, like, nobody deserves to lose like that. You want to come over and like have some beers with us? <laughs> He's like, you guys look so sad. So like, we went and they were super nice. They bought us beers. They bought oh, us yeah. food. They bought us like, they were like over the top nice because their team had just won. And like every other Viking fan in the bar is like going up and screaming at him, like, oh, you're you're a bandwagon fan, huh? And they're like, dude, we flew in from Seattle. Like, (laughs) chill out. And I'm like, no, they're super nice. They're being nice to us. So, um, yeah, our friend's girlfriend, literally, she was supposed to pick us up. She was driving down from a suburb. And she like called us three times to get in the car. And imagine that we didn't get in the car. So she came in to grab our, and we're like, no, you should hang out with them. They'll buy you drinks too. And like, she drags us out of the bar. We went home and yeah, drowned our sorrow some more. But, yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was tough. I think I mentioned it that, uh, I didn't even watch this game. It wasn't by, well, I guess it was by choice, but like the timing just didn't work out. I was on my way flying to a resort in Mexico uh, just <laughs> to be with, you know, my wife and just drink all week. And I get yeah. there and we like, I'm, I got the You're game. I need a party. Yeah. 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 And I get there and they got, they had the game on like in one of the bars. It's on like a big screen. There's like, there's even some Vikings fans in there and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I'll just watch the, like it was right in the, the final drive when I walked in. And I'm like, well, I'll just watch the rest of this. And then, like, they line up for the field goal. And I'm like, oh, nice. They're going to win. It's going to be a good week. Uh, and then he misses. And I'm like, well, good thing, you know, everything's all inclusive because I'm going to take advantage of that. So uh, it was a uh, Your finest uh, tequila, sir. <laughs> yes. I did not remember much of that trip. Uh, I blame it on Blair Walsh. No. You know what I think about this game is that Blair Walsh gets way too much of the blame because, mm-hmm. one, they wouldn't even have had a chance to win if he didn't hit those three field goals. Uh, the snap was terrible on the kick. The hold was terrible on the kick. Um, you know, did he get like a bad foot on it or whatever? Yeah, maybe whatever. But like there were also other bad holds and bad snaps on the other field goal kicks that he made. Um, and I just think he got a bad rap for this because like 
the holder just gets away. Like the holder was Jeff Locke, and I I posted a picture of it on my my Twitter account that you know laces were in. So if anyone you know has seen Ace Ventura, you know that laces go out, and people are like, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And then I found like an interview with Adam Vinatieri, uh, who you know has made a couple clutch kicks in his life, and he said, yeah, laces are like a huge part of not just you know how how to make a field goal but like the mentality of the kicker like if the laces are in then that could just throw your kicker off uh by a lot so i think blair walsh gets a lot of the blame he stepped up after the game and like owned it and like talked to the media and everything and yeah he probably felt like garbage but like i think a lot of the players stood up for him too because they know they played like garbage as well because nobody really did a whole lot in this game other than blair walsh um for the vikings at least and their defense. They played they played really well on uh, on defense. Um as far as play by Quick play. Question. Okay, go go ahead. If you don't mind. Just you mentioned Ace Ventura, the first one. Yeah. Is it a good movie to you? Because I oh, I've yeah. heard some people say no. Who said no? Like, Maybe it's good because huh. we're around the same age, so we kind of grew up with like that movie. So we watched it when we were younger and we we're like, oh, this is really cool. And I watch it still now and I'm like this isn't as terrible as like some of the other movies that I grew up watching where I watch now and I'm like, this is just garbage. Uh, so I think Ace Ventura sec- still holds up. Yeah. The second one's good. Yeah. The second one establishes the character more, not like from a plot, like, like it, right. the second one drives the point home. I yeah. think when it comes to Ace Ventura, like the first one's good. And then they make the second one and it's just like, all right, Jim Carrey is this yeah, they just went like that's all. one of his most known characters is Ace yeah. Ventura. They just so. went all all in on the second one of just like total nonsense, where the first one was more <laughs> about like a, an actual plot, and he was mm-hmm. just uh, ridiculous. Uh, I think it's a good movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good parts. You know, Dan Marino's in there. Um, got the 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 dog. They beats up the the eagle at the end there. Finkel and Einhorn. Yeah, Finkel is Einhorn. Yeah. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is a man. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's some. There's also some parts in that Whoa. movie where you're like, that wouldn't that wouldn't work today. Um, <laughs> as far as best play by play call goes, um, I think both of them were good. As far as the radio call and uh, and L. Michaels, uh, Paul Allen had one where he was like, you know, it's no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? And like the season can't end like this. He missed it. In typical, like, freak-out fashion like Paul Allen does. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. And the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte. Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal, and the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose 10-9. to And then, you know, the beauty of L. Michaels and why he's regarded as like the best or one of the best is that he said, you know, and the kick is no good. And then he paused for like a good 30 seconds to a minute where he just let the, the crowd and the reaction and everything just soak in. Then he was just like, wow. And that was really it. McDermott is the snapper. And the kick is no good. Wow! Go figure. That's all he needed to do because everyone was natural sound. 
Yeah. I like it. I'm telling you, the sound in that stadium was something I've never heard at a live sporting event because it was just shot. Like all you could hear were the Seahawks players running around. It was like the Timberwolves after the play-in game where they were all jumping on the table. Like they looked like they had just like gotten off death row or something. Like Richard Sherman was like crying in the middle of the field. Like it, it, and you had like to- it was two of so the weird two of the total opposite ends of the spectrum because you had the Minneapolis Miracle, which is like deafening sound. Yeah. And then you had this game, which the silence was deafening. So like you had both experiences. I would argue uh, Minneapolis Miracle game. I would argue the last drive New Orleans had was louder than the actual Minneapolis Miracle. They were both loud. Yeah. But oh, like as far as New deep, Orleans like drive, the there was a full there was a full stadium. The Minneapolis Miracle oh, yeah, people yeah, had yeah, laughed yeah. because you're right, you're right, you're right. Yes, they were not like me who like blacked out as soon as uh <laughs> Rebbers had a false Got start. A, they had to beat traffic. Yeah. They beat traffic in that yeah, snowstorm, which never plenty happened. of cars when I got outside. Imagine that never happens. Uh, um, what would you say is the turning point of the game? Was I, I I picked the the Peterson fumble? I think that that just yeah. I think I think this is an easy one. I, I mean, yeah. the Vikings. This team was peak Mike Zimmer Vikings. You had a badass defense. Yeah. You had an offense that was coming around, and I mean. We could talk about Teddy a little bit later, but I mean, I, I don't pin the loss on him. I don't pin the loss on um, Norv Turner's bizarre system for the personnel that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adrian didn't show up that night. Day. No, he did not. He didn't no. show up. He didn't have a good game. But as they far kept as giving him the ball. As anything. And my ultimate Mike Zimmer football. And, and I mean, right. when you have a court, I mean, who are the top receivers on that team? It was like Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. I think Greg Jennings was still Diggs there. Was a, Diggs, no, Jennings Diggs was starting to break out. Oh, Diggs Jennings was, was gone by then, huh? Jarius Wright. Uh, Charles know, Johnson. I don't know if he was healthy. Uh, Kyle Rudolph yeah. was on there. He had McKinnon. He had Matt Nasiata. Like, yeah, it wasn't like there. Michael Pruitt was out there. He wasn't like a, a firepower offense that, you know, Everyone's assuming the Vikings had this year, and I think Adam Thielen was on the team, but he wasn't. He was all caps. He, was he wasn't all caps. Adam Thielen at that he, point. He was just I, a special teamer. Yeah, I really enjoyed this version of Adam Thielen. I loved watching him like fly around on on special teams and stuff. That was that was the Adam Thielen. I I enjoy him now, but like it was just fun to watch because I felt like it was easier to root for him because he was kind of an underdog. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's hard to root for him now, but like it was. Just oh, like, he's getting he's getting a Disney movie. And oh, like yeah. within yeah. five years yeah. after your tires, but yeah, the Peterson fumble that one that one seems obvious. It was just like it was two plays drive right after the Seahawks got a touchdown. It, their own twenty seven yard line. It was just such line. a weak fumble, too. It was. It, it was, was just. It's just like why are you carrying the ball like this? And he's got it out like this, and the ball just goes bloop, like flips right up in the air. It's like yeah. how many times have they told you? <laughs> on the broadcast, like fumbled twenty eight times in the second <laughs> half of the NFC Championship game in two thousand nine. You'd think you would have get gotten the message, but you can tell I'm the, getting a little heated by this. On, but. The, on the broadcast, Chris Collinsworth blamed it on like you know Pearson wore those like rubber elbow pads. He blamed it on those being slick, and I'm like, no, it's Adrian Peterson. He just fumbles. Like it doesn't matter. Those what he's would wearing. get harder if you right right like in when the they, cold. They'd get more they grippy. Harden up. Yeah, yeah. So I was like. Unless they're wet, even if they were wet, they'd be they'd be frozen. 
So I right. didn't understand that explanation. I would say a turning point that kind of is underrated is when uh, was when Trey Waynes got hurt um, and he came out of the game and Josh Robinson had to come into the game. Uh, the, you know, lockdown corner that Josh Robinson is. And uh, conveniently, the uh, Seahawks scored a touchdown throwing to the person Josh Robinson was covering. Um, and I believe PFF gave Josh Robinson like the lowest grade on defense that day, which was like a 27. Yeah, 27.3 for Josh Robinson. And he was on the field for six snaps. So that's really good. Um, and then after that drive, they were like, okay, Trey Waynes immediately went back in. And they were like, all right, enough messing around. Um, so you could argue that that might have been one because if, if Wayne stays in the game, who knows even if the Seahawks score that touchdown. Uh, because I believe he was in coverage on the Lockett play too. Like I think he was on Lockett when uh, when when Wilson fumbled and was scrambling around. I think Josh Robinson was the guy on Lockett. So not a good showing for Josh Robinson. I don't think he's in the NFL anymore. I think he was like with the Bucks or something. And then no, no, he is not in the NFL anymore. <laughs> I used to call him the Human Torch because he would get yep. burned all the time. I mean, yep. I know that's creative. Nick yeah, but... he's really fast. He's really fast, but uh, couldn't. Couldn't cover and I think anybody. If I remember correctly, I think they let go of Antoine Winfield the season before to have Josh Robinson take over the nickel corner position. So. And that yeah. was just a complete and utter disaster. It, it might have been then, or it might have been, I think it's 2013, actually. But I think it was Frazier's last year. Uh, but it might have had something to do with Josh Robinson because I think he was on the team as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I don't know if it was Zimmer related. Um underrated impact player for the game who would you say it can be good or bad i remember Diggs in this game he had a couple good catches yeah and i think that was the moment i mean i was obviously excited about Diggs throughout his rookie season but i mean to do it in a playoff game to move the chains as much as he did um you felt like you were on to something there even though he was a fifth round pick um I mean, I think, you know, you saw a lot of good things. I think a lot of people were excited about this team and thought they could make a deep playoff run because they were ascending. Most of the times you have a Vikings team get to the playoffs and they're either at their peak form like they were in 2017 or they're like kind of descending. Maybe they lost a couple of games at the end of the year. I know the 2009 Vikings were kind of that way um, Mm -hmm. where they lost an overtime game in Chicago. I mean, what they were 12 and four that year. So, I mean, you can't really nitpick, but I mean, this team hit, hit, yep. This team hit its lull in the middle of the season. They got blown away by the Seahawks and they they started to ascend. They had a lot of the young players that eventually made up that 2017 team. And I think, you know, leaving that stadium, once all the shock went away, you were like, okay, we're on to something here we're going to have a really good team. And if, Teddy's knee doesn't explode in practice. Maybe 2016 turns out a little bit better. Maybe 2017 turns out a little bit better if Teddy Bridgewater uh, it doesn't have his knee explode. We don't know what happens uh, when you think about that because I yeah. I believe Bridgewater is better than Case Keenum. So yeah, yeah. I I don't think uh, anyone thought the Vikings were winning the Super Bowl in 2015, but it was just a tough way to go out. I like. They weren't yeah. favored to win. They weren't favored to win against Seahawks. Seahawks were favored like by four and a half points on the road. They weren't favored to win the division either. The week before right. they go to Green Bay, they beat Aaron Rodgers in his own element yeah. and they come away with a win. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. 
it was just a tough like <clears throat> they could have gone out a different way. Okay, you mentioned they weren't. Okay, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you again, but I mean, they weren't going to beat Carolina in Carolina. Like Arizona beat Green Bay, went out to Carolina and got absolutely just boat raced. Yeah, they would have played. So, they would have played Arizona if they won next, mm-hmm. which they lost by three a few weeks earlier on that Thursday night game where Teddy got strip sacked. Thanks, Matt Khalil. Uh, Matt Khalil. Um, they were driving. They were driving like they were in field goal range when that happened. So that was that was fun. Um, so that could have been they 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 were capable of beating them. And then the Panthers, I believe they the, the year before, not 2015, but 2014, they blew them out. But the Panthers were just like on a run that year. You're right, where like no one was gonna get in their way except for Von Miller and the Broncos. And the Broncos, who the Vikings also lost by by three points earlier in 2015. So like. If they win against the Seahawks, who knows what could have happened, but they weren't expected to. You mentioned Diggs. He had four catches for 26 yards. <laughs> um, I would couple, say... A couple extra Miller lights made, made it, those catches uh, yeah, seem yeah, a little yeah. longer. Well, I <laughs> no, he had... I think a couple went for first downs. Um, yeah. so that, would, that would make more sense. Um but I would say impact-wise, I would say Adrian Peterson had an impact the wrong way. Uh, mm. We talked about the fumble, but he also only gained 45 rushing yards on 23 carries. Like, this was easily one of the worst games of his career. Um, I believe I looked it up in games during his career in which he carried the ball at least 23 times. This game was the fewest amount of rushing yards he gained in his entire career. So he picked the playoffs to do that. So thanks for that, Adrian, who should, who deserves more blame again than Blair Walsh, like for this, this, this loss, because Walsh had all nine of the Vikings points. Um, So I'm just going to continue to emphasize that like Blair Walsh is getting a bad rap for, and I, I'm one, like I've ripped on him in the past, like Blair Walsh, like, you know, all that, all those funny memes and everything, but like go, going deeper into this game and, and realizing everything, like now I'm like, he does not deserve even half the blame that he got for, for this loss. They should not be putting it on his, on his back. Can um, we talk about the victory lap though? Like the redemption tour at the, at the elementary school. Cause like, what? Oh, the letter. That was the most. That was the most, it made me so <laughs> angry like that happened. And I get it. Okay. The teacher is trying to teach a lesson here, right? And if you're a <laughs> kindergartner and like a football, it doesn't matter if it's a kicker or like a quality control person. Like if somebody yeah. from the Vikings comes in, your head is just spinning. You're like, wow, this dude works for the Vikings. Right. But I mean, like it, it, it just drove me insane just going there. Like it's okay, Blair. You can miss from twenty-seven yards. You know what that was like the equivalent of? Like so it, think of something really easy at your job, and then like if you don't do that, like all hell breaks loose. For example, I work at a gas station where I have to fill the cooler. Let's say one day I decide not to fill the cans of Pepsi. And leave the door open. Yeah, or the, leave the door open to the cooler. Let, let's do that. All the milk spoils. We have thousands of dollars of wasted milk, right? That's a very easy decision. That That is what Blair Walsh did missing that kick. 
he basically spoiled God knows how many things, bets. I, I don't even know. I, I'm so flustered. I'm oh, not yeah. even thinking about it. But like, just to see him, just like, it's okay, player. I made you this crayon drawing. And oh, thank you. And like, you know, it's just. It's the Minnesota nice. So it is. Right? I, I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> uh, some unanswerable questions. We talked about, kind of, we talked about this a little bit. Like, how far do you think the Vikings would have gone in the playoffs if they beat the Seahawks, do you think they would have made the NFC Championship? Do you think they could have beat the the Cardinals in the next round? Yes. Yeah. They they almost did uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, they had a shot. It wasn't a slam dunk, but that right. de- like I said, that defense could have beat anyone. Yeah, in my good. opinion, it, it was good. it was probably. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was probably on the same level, maybe a little bit lower than the uh, 2017 defense, but. I mean, it was it was peak Mike Zimmer. So, I yeah. think they would have got to the NFC Championship, but I don't. I think, I think you're running into another 38-7 situation in uh, Carolina if you yeah. get that far. I don't want to hear that score ever again in my life. Unless you want to put um, the football next to Cam Newton's feet, he's not going to pick right, it up. Right? But. No. Um. I I think they would have beat the Cardinals because the Cardinals played the Packers, and that was that like crazy overtime game mm-hmm. where the Packers had the hail mary to uh, Jeff Janis. As time expired, it went to overtime and the Cardinals won. Um, did Carson did Carson Palmer get hurt in that game, or did he get hurt in the early in the Panthers game? He might have got hurt in the Packers game. Yeah, because yeah. I know he didn't play a whole lot against the uh, against Panthers. Panthers. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um. Yeah, because that would have made a. A difference too. Um, no, he played. Uh, he played in the. He didn't get hurt against the the Packers. So did he get hurt against the Panthers? This is great research. A lot of research. Um, I am seriously trying to think of something to say. No, right he now, didn't. He, he didn't. He, there oh, we go. Just he filled it. Get, I did my job. He didn't even get hurt. He uh, he just played terribly. Uh, Carson Palmer played in the NFC Championship. He had one touchdown, four interceptions, 43.2 passer rating. So I thought that was the one where he got hurt. Because wasn't there like a NFC Championship where like John Skelton was playing? I, I think. I don't remember. But he just played terribly. Um, another unanswerable question for you would be, is Mike Zimmer viewed differently if the Vikings win this game? Um... I don't think it depends on how far they go. Right. right? Like it, it just depends on how far they go in the playoffs. If they, you know, win this game and they go get blasted in Arizona. Right. You know, we don't even think about this game. Like it's a, it's nothing. It's just a cool story. Like, Hey, I went to a game. It was negative nine. Not, I went to the shank at the bank. Right. So I, I don't really think it has too much on Zimmer's legacy. Unless like they went on a run and like, went to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, if you got a Super Bowl appearance on you, you looked last year a little bit harder, even with everything kind of crumbling and go, okay, yeah. this guy took us to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Even if they make the right. NFC Championship this year, like, it's like mm-hmm. he, he took us to two NFC Championships. So, like, he deserves at least a little more time. Um, Dave Daddy Green, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think there were multiple reasons for his departure. Other than yeah. his on-field performance, um, 
I think it would change this. People always, I feel like, who weren't a big fan of Zimmer, they always bring up like how he he only has he has two playoff wins, but one was because of a miracle, and that they kind of discredit that. Well, and but they never bring up the fact that this was like a miracle loss. So, I think that that would kind of help change maybe his narrative and be like, because I think three he would have if he had three playoff wins, that would be like the third most in Vikings history as far as coaches go. Um, because mm-hmm. Childress had one, right? Did he have one? Yeah. Uh, Tice had yes. one. Frazier had none. Tice didn't have had, one. Uh, the moon Frazier. game. No, that was, uh, oh, yeah. 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 Sorry. That was Tice. <laughs> Forgot you don't want to, but you don't want to believe it, but it was, it was Mike Tice. Um, all right. Can you turn this? game or any part of this game into a multi-part docu-series. I think if you did one on the Zimmer era, it would be pretty interesting. Yeah. I think somebody didn't somebody like do isn't it Wenasota or something? Where like they I know that like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Was was it a YouTube I think there is a documentary about it's called like Wide Left or or something. Yeah. So I think I think so. Yeah, to answer your question, yes. But <laughs> I think you could do like a, just a series on all, like the different heartbreaks in Vikings history, because you got this, you got '98, got '09, you got the uh, Hail Mary Drew Pearson push off, you got 2017, you got 41 Donut, which I was looking up the other day, and there's. I did not know that uh, there's some th- certain conspiracy theories about that game, about radio signals being yep. stolen uh, when Sean Payton was on the sidelines for the Giants, conveniently enough. Uh, funny how he's attached to a cheating scandal involving the Vikings. Um, story about that game quick. Just oh, boy. On that. I, I, we're not going to watch it, so that's it. But I remember that <laughs> game vividly. I went over to my friend's house, and my friend's dad was watching the game with us, and it was... I think it was already 41 nothing at that point. And I think they missed a field goal off the upright. <laughs> her friend's dad is just very like dry sense of humor, but like kind of grouchy guy. He looks at us slowly and he goes, boys, we've got the mo. <laughs> like it's the middle of the fourth quarter. I, I don't think they're coming back, man. <laughs> yeah. I think it was 27, nothing at the half. Um, uh, I think it was like 14, nothing. After five minutes in the first quarter, it wasn't completely what well, you can't like blame it completely on like stolen radio signals or whatever. If that's even what happened, but like there's some in Seahorn, man. The Giants did not score 41 points any at any time in that season, but they conveniently did it in the NFC Championship game. Um, yeah, I'm gonna raise some questions about that. They're not the only uh, New York entity to score over 40 lately, though. Um, <laughs> New Jersey, okay. They're not even in New York. Are you talking about the Yankees? Uh, I'm talking about a certain quarterback, but okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I have a. That's funny you say can that. I have please, a, can we please retire? Got that dog in him. By the way, I don't mean to be yeah. a fun police, but like it's <laughs> everywhere now. We've I had have, our fun, uh, but one of my tweets is going viral right now, actually, because I had a little fun with that too as well. We're talking about Zach Wilson and his uh, interest in. Older uh, people. Um, 
betting he played for the Cougars in college. Yeah, he did that. We're like, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was it was a clip from that '70s show, and it was um, like they found uh, Eric Foreman, like his girlfriend found underwear in his his uh, his car, and they thought it was some other girls, but then it was his girlfriend's mom came in and then his friends were like, Oh my God, Eric, you're a God. And I just put like the, the handshake emoji with like Zach Wilson and Eric Foreman. And now everyone's just like blowing it up. And I was like, I didn't think it was that good, but I guess it was pretty good. Um, license. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, should I post my podcast in here? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to be one of those people. Um, is this anyone's, this game like back to the, Vikings lost to the Seahawks 2015. Is this game anyone's career highlight? I mean, good or bad? <laughs> Blair Walsh. Yeah. It's Blair Unfortunately. Like, that's, that's the reason why I think that teacher did that and tried to get Blair Walsh in the classroom. He wanted to show the kids, hey, if you make a mistake, like, don't let it define you. Unfortunately for Blair Walsh, it, it definitely did define him because the next year – he was shanking kicks left and right, and yeah. he missed. Uh, yeah, he's talking about the next year. He missed eight kicks in nine games, four field goal attempts, and four extra points. Not terrible, but uh, we've seen worse. Yeah, <laughs> enough. Dan Bailey but did that in one game. Jeez, it's yeah, it's sad that that Blair Walsh is going to be is is going to be remembered for this moment because no one's going to remember. He was amazing as a rookie, like mm-hmm. as a kicker in 2012 when he made 35 of 38 field goals, uh, including all 10 from at least 50 yards away. That's an NFL record for most field goals made from 50 yards away without a miss. And he was a first team all pro as a rookie. Like he was really good. Now they played indoors in 2012. So I'm sure that made a big difference. Um, but still, he was really good as a rookie, which was also surprising because in his senior season at Georgia, he missed 14 kicks. <laughs> he missed 14 kicks at Georgia. And, and Rick Spielman's like, nah, we're going to draft him. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> 14 kicks. This will work with Zim. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. well, Zim wasn't there at the time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great, 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 great. Great selection, Rick. Um, that's as far as some some random research and stuff that I got. I've got uh, this was the only time the Vikings and Seahawks ever met in the playoffs. Um, they we mentioned that they played earlier in the season when the Seahawks beat the Vikings. Interestingly, interestingly enough, thirty eight to seven in Week thirteen, in which Adrian Adrian Peterson rushed for eighteen yards in that game, so he was even better in that game. Um, what else? We mentioned Blair Walsh. Blair Walsh played for the Seahawks in 2017. So, you know, life came full circle. He was cut after nine games with the Vikings in 2016 when they, uh, and they brought in before the week before he was cut, they brought in six kickers. The Vikings did to audition for the team. Can you name any of the kickers that they brought in? Oh, Obviously, I... you know, which one probably won the job, but I got all the names. Right, right here. Yeah, that's one of them. Okay. Um, you got to go. Gary yeah, Anderson. <laughs> no. Ryan Longwell. Did no. they bring it? Did they dig no. him up? No, they, they probably uh, that probably wouldn't have been a bad idea. 
I don't think you're gonna get it. Some pretty random no. dudes. It's uh Randy Bullock. You you know. Uh, okay. Uh, Heard of him. Marshall Cohn. Aldrich okay. Rojas. Zach. All right. Hawk, he Zach was a Pro Hawk. Bowler later too, right? Right. 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 My voice squeaked there. But Zach yeah. Hawker and uh, Travis Coons, which I think were like rookies or something. Um, and after his season with the Seahawks in 2017, Walsh had brief stints with the Falcons in 2019. And with the Seahawks, or not the Seahawks, with the Saints last season, uh, the Saints signed them before uh, the playoffs. Did they make the playoffs last year? No, the, no. the year before they signed them before the playoffs because mm-hmm. um, they were worried about, you know, if their kicker went on the COVID list or whatever. So they want to have some emergency just in case. And I mentioned that he missed 14 field goals as a senior at Georgia, and the Vikings still used. A draft pick on him. They did not care that he missed 14 field goals. It was like a fifth round draft pick, too. 21 of 35. How? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't understand how you even draft him after that. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's all I got. Like, it was, I'm looking back, like, how I missed this live. I'm, I'm not too sad because I watched it and I was like, trying to stay awake at times just because it was like there was nothing really going on until like the fourth quarter it kind of felt like that uh that ravens vikings game in the snow when like nothing happened and they scored like 40 points in the final like five minutes yeah uh that's kind of how this felt obviously less points but i wasn't too sad that i missed this i just come away from it saying that uh i think blair walsh gets too much of the blame you can blame the long snapper you can blame jeff Locke. you can blame Adrian Peterson more uh, for this loss than Blair Walsh because without Blair Walsh, they wouldn't even had a chance to uh, win this game. So that's that's my final thoughts on this game. You have any final thoughts? <sighs> like I said, second most fun I've ever had a Vikings game, yeah. despite the result. I mean, it, it's a memory that I'll always remember. It, it's a cool little icebreaker, just like yeah, I was there. And they're like, yeah. really? And then telling them the <laughs> Seahawks fan story mm-hmm. and Bud Grant and everything else. Like, you know, it, it was cool to play at the bank for two years. Um, Huntington Bank Stadium, as it's now called. Um, it was oh, cool yeah, to play right. there. I went to a handful of games there. Cool to be outside. Love U.S. Bank Stadium now. But, you know, it, it, it's a different experience. It's something I could say to people. Like, I've been to a... Uh, playoff game outside in Minnesota cold and I don't know what can you do about it right so like all right I think the fire alarm's going off in my apartment so I gotta go uh we ah. will uh, uh make sure you follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook subscribe to the show on YouTube and like this video but uh I gotta go so we will uh talk to you next time which should be on Thursday so until then Chris and I will talk to you later